What are your organization's assets? What are the key data elements you want to be tracking? Hello, thank you for joining us. This is What Counts, a podcast created by Trailblazer Consulting. Here we highlight proven solutions developed through our experience working with companies across various industries, and we talk about how you can apply these solutions to your company. We share our experience solving information management challenges, like creating and implementing a records retention schedule, creating an asset data hierarchy, or helping with email management. This is Lee, and in this episode, Moore and I will talk about the different answers we obtain at various clients when we ask, what are your organization's assets? Maura, this is a tricky one because it's really odd when you're sitting in a meeting and you say, when you're talking about information management and data and so forth, and you ask people, what do you consider to be your organization's assets? And the people in the room give different answers. I mean, you you look, you kind of look around and you go, okay, that's a little strange. Uh, I remember sitting specifically in a, in a large conference room with senior VPs, uh, managers, supervisors, general staff, all in that particular meeting, I asked that question and they each had a different answer to what they considered to be their organization's asset. So have you had similar experiences? Yes, as you were talking, I was trying to remember you weren't in that meeting when I got the 37 different answers at one client. And then we had another client where every time we talked to them, they all thought that they were talking about the same thing. But then when we would go look at their systems, nothing matched, none of the names matched. And they were, they sort of were okay with it because they were just like, well, we know what we're talking about and we'll just do our own. We make up our own reports. Basically we see what's in the system and then we fix it. And so whichever one you were talking about, I think the point here is Every single client we've ever talked to about this has had the same problem. Yeah, I think that's the key. Every single client has had mixed emotions about what their own organization's assets are. Yes. And as we said in our introductory episode to the whole world of asset data and master data, all the views are legit. But the problem is if you want to maintain multiple views like that, then you're stuck with now everybody has to make up their reports. (laughs) You have no traceability. It's hard to automate things. It's hard to compare apples to apples every over month over month and year over year because each interpretation is a, could be a little different depending on who's looking at it, which point of view they're coming from and what else they know that's going on that's not tracked in the system. So I think what is an asset is a perfect first question. Okay, is it fair for an organization? I don't know about fair is the right word. For an organization to just lump it all together and say, this whole thing is our asset? (laughs) I mean, it's up to every organization how they want to define things. But I would say that that's not as useful a definition as some others we've seen. Um, That's kind of like at that airport where we had the finance director who um, he wanted to define the 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 air traffic control tower um, as one item because they purchased it when they purchased the airport. And so it had one value from the purchase and they had to depreciate against that. That's a valid thing, but it was useless as far as the maintenance and engineering team was concerned, because how were they supposed to know 
what needed to be maintained on a regular basis to meet regulatory requirements or warranty requirements? What needed to be fixed when something went wrong? How would they find that part? How did they keep track of um, how old something was or how often it had been repaired or if it had broken multiple times in the same way and that they hey, it might be time to think about a replacement. There was no way for them to track that against just the one entry. And when we started working there, that one entry for air traffic control tower was on the fixed asset register and the maintenance and engineering team was working off of 27 separate maps that they were like marking up every time they found a new piece and found a new asset. It's also a good example of inherited data because the company that they bought the airport from, the previous owner of this airport, didn't provide a lot of data there, just these 27 maps. <laughs> so that was an interesting challenge as well. So I think agreeing on some definitions is important and understanding how each point of view, um, each view into the asset base is legitimate, but also how do they interact with each other? So how do you go from top of the chart, just one asset to one asset that covers a major part of your base to roll to actually being able to trace it down to, okay, that asset had five physical levels. It had 25 rooms. They weren't five on each level, but close. It had so many motors, so many pipes, so many this, so many that, and where they were located in the tower. And being able to track at that granular level that was useful for, um, was this a part or a piece of a system that needed to be maintained and reported on from a regulatory perspective? Was it something that needed routine maintenance on a regular basis and maybe even rotation of certain parts and refurbishing of parts over time? Things like oil changes in motors, or you have to run the motor even if it's not in use, that kind of thing that are all captured in maintenance plans. But to be able to say those things are happening to these assets that are part of this bigger asset so that we can see over time, what's the physical history? What's the financial impact? When something gets traded out early, it doesn't go for the full length of the depreciation of the whole tower. Then how does that change things? So those definitions of repairable, reportable, you need to be able to fault against it. Somebody might re report a problem and you need to know where is this thing that has been reported as a problem. So those are practical definitions of how you can identify an asset. Do you have any thoughts on that? So, so coming at it with the report in mind and not just a financial report, but an operational report on how that asset is performing and how the different parts of it are performing, kind of looking at it in terms of what would be most useful to your business and then backing into it that way is an approach. Like you had said, if revenue is low in a certain area, can we pinpoint what operational aspect is giving us the problem and causing the, the low revenue? Yes. I mean, obviously there's a, a clear example in the gas and oil industry. If you have a pipeline that's constantly down or can't run at full volume or is being repaired or is unavailable because of some external element, you can't get there because of a mudslide or something, it's good to see that that's where your revenue issues are coming from. In the renewable space, when we were working for a renewable company, 
that was a challenge that they were trying to answer. Like how often was a certain wind farm down or a solar farm not producing because of dust storms? <laughs> like dust storms are a big problem in the renewable energy industry. And being able to track that weather is something they they look at as they're planning out how much can we expect from this farm. So if it's not meeting the expectations, what does that mean? So the maintenance side of it is part of it. All right. So first thing, define the assets. You got to bring everybody together. Either we've done it multiple ways, right? Separate conversations with each group because some groups don't talk in front of other groups. That really depends on the culture of the organization. You, as your internal in information manager, you've gotten to know your organization over time as you've done assessments and made other progress on your information management program, information governance program. You know how well it's going to work if you bring everybody together or do you want to start small and get some agreement in pieces and then start bringing people together? Ultimately, everyone must agree on the definitions and how they fit together. They don't all have, they don't have to give in to anybody else, but they have to agree on the relationships. And that takes me to the next piece of work. I think in our introduction, we talked about you asked me, was it possible to have one report and show you everything? And I said, sure, but there's a lot of work to do. So first step, identify the assets and get everybody to agree. That's actually a piece of work, mostly cultural in that case, because once you've agreed on the definitions, you can go look at these things. They are physical. You can find them. It takes time, depending on how big your organization is, how big the operation is, but they're there. Second step that I think is equally challenging and a little bit harder because you can't really see it. And this is how are all these things identified in all of your systems? So you have capital budget numbers that are captured in a financial system. You have operating expense cost centers also captured in your financial system. You have work orders that are typically organized by work order number but buried somewhere in the work order is an asset ID or a name or something else that you want to be able to tag back to this asset definition that you've created. You have environmental reporting or safety reporting or other, other types of reporting, depending on the industry that you're in, that you need to know what assets are we talking about and what are they doing? Are they failing? Are they being inspected? Are they being upgraded? Are they being maintained properly? Are they producing more or less emissions than they're supposed to? Are they causing some problem that you have to report now, not only from an environmental, not only to the environmental agencies, but you might have to report to the SEC under the new ESG guidelines, environmental sustainability and governance guidelines. So you got a lot of places that you need to look at this data. A lot of people are interested in it. And until five years ago, maybe 10 years ago, everything was separate. And only one group was really looking at any piece of this data, any collection of this data. And so bringing it together was not as important. But the expectation today absolutely is that one report that you want, Lee, that everything comes together. And honestly, it's not even a report, it's a dashboard. People want a dashboard, they want to see at a glance, we're operating safely, we're fully operational, we're optimizing our revenue, we, um, we understand the progress that's being made in terms of growth, 
construction, acquisition, organic growth, et cetera, customers, commercial contracts. And we want to know environmentally and you know all the other details that tell us how is the system running. We want to know what those statistics mean. This massive dashboard of every KPI ever invented <laughs> is what's in every CEO's head, I swear. <laughs> and also Wall Street analysts and government executives, everybody expects that information to be ready at a glance and fully supported by layers of data that's traceable underneath. So step one, define and then identify your assets. Step two, how are you tracking these assets? How do you name them? What IDs are you using for them in all the different systems? That feels like enough for today. Yeah, I would say so. That's that's a big challenge, plain and simple. Yeah, maybe we should say that in the clients that we've worked with on this, and there have been several clients in different industries, oil and gas, renewable, um, transportation, even moving into kind of the pharmaceutical and biomedical space, all of that. The first definition piece of what do we mean by asset and how are we going to agree on the definitions and how they fit together? If you've got a team of your team in your business, so the business owners, the owners of these assets, the owners of the different views into the assets, if they're motivated, you can get to a solid version one of that in about four to six weeks. You can get through the questions, you can get to an outline of it, you can start to test it. You might refine it over time, but that first, if you work at it, that first piece, four to six weeks, that's solid. That's a solid base. The next step, where is this data being stored? How is it being tracked and organized and what IDs are you using in all the different systems? That's a huge piece of work. And there's a parallel piece that we didn't talk about yet. I kind of glossed over it by saying, once you've defined the assets, you can go look at them because they're concrete. That's true. But going to look at them and actually accounting for them and tracking them back, linking them back to that hierarchy, that asset definition structure that you came up with, going back and doing that work, that can be a year or more, depending on how out of date your current physical inventory is. So you got definition piece, four to six weeks, then the data identification part, like go figure out where all the data is and how's it organized. And that's six months minimum. And again, depends on how many systems, how big it is, how many times you've acquired companies and data, how out of date that data is. And then do that physical inventory piece validating all the assets that you know about and tracking them back, linking them to your hierarchy, that's a year. Yeah, this is a good subject, Laura. And if you have questions, please give us a call or send us an email at info at trailblazer.us.com. This is our specialty area. So look us up on the web. There is some stuff out on www.trailblazer.us.com. Thank you for listening. Please tune into our next episode on this particular subject. Also, if you like this episode, please be a champion, share it with people in your social media network. As always, we appreciate you, the listeners. Special thanks goes to Jason Blake, who created our music. See you next time.